I really like working with people who know that there's something better and they are just not sure how to get it. Because once I give them the key that they're missing, watching them succeed and surpass their goals is magnificent. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hello and welcome back to the My Future Business Show, the show that gets you in front of your best audience and keeps you there. Have I got somebody very special lined up for you today. I'm on the line with the wonderful Leah Ellis. How are you, Leah? I'm doing really well today. How are you? I'm very well. I've got two feet in a heartbeat, I like to say. I can't really complain too much. Now, you are a business owner, financial coach and money mentor, and we're going to be talking about money management for entrepreneurs and your journey about uh, building your own business called Endeavor Financial Coaching. And importantly, we're going to be dispelling money myths and we're going to be slaying a few money dragons. But uh, before we do any of that, I'd love to learn uh, more about you. So where are you calling in today from? Uh, we're in sunny Southern California, which is a bit of a bit of a misstatement today because it is cold oh, okay. and cloudy. Yeah, you can't be sure. There's no such thing as seasons anymore, I'm starting to find. <laughs> yeah. We've had snow in the desert twice in a week, and oh. I just don't find it acceptable whatsoever. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely not. Now, um, I'd love to just share, just to give some context to the audience um, about some of the things you like to do. The first thing I noticed when I went over your information is your beautiful family. I, I noticed a photo of you guys all dressed up. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Um, so we're, we're a little bit nerdy. Both <laughs> of my daughters are named after sci-fi shows and my son is named after a character on a drama. <laughs> so. Uh, we decided for our Christmas cards last year when my third baby was born, we were going to dress as the Incredibles. So our family photo on our website and our Christmas cards for 2021 are all of us dressed as the Incredibles. That's that's excellent. And I think it's very important given the context of today because we know that, um, you know, day to day people are struggling with finance. And we're going to take a deep dive into that momentarily. But before we do that, I'm wondering um, what you guys like to do in your downtime. Do you have much time away from business? Yeah, we we try pretty hard to to make sure we schedule time. So my daughter goes to both of my daughters are in ballet and tap dance and jazz dancing classes. So we go to lots of dance classes and recitals. Um, my oldest daughter is also in a modeling school. So we oh. go watch her practice how to walk the runway. Mm -hmm. And then we do um, board game nights at the end of every month at our house and all of our friends come and we drink an embarrassing amount of alcohol and then play board games. <laughs> you, you too? Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> I'm wondering. We share it a lot. We share it a lot among a lot of people, so it's That's... okay to. A lot of alcohol, <laughs> a lot of people. <laughs> oh, I love it. Now, given that uh, you're a busy parent, um, I know how tough it can be to run a business and look after yourself. How do you do that? How do you get some time for you? I have a planner that swears at me, and <laughs> I just do what the book says. Right. Okay. So, what do you do? Do you do sports or do you yoga? What's your thing? Um, I actually, I'm a part of a couple of really cool networking groups. I'm very extroverted, so I get a lot of energy and inspiration from just chatting with other people. Mm -hmm. So I do networking groups and they're where I like 
solve all my problems when I'm feeling overwhelmed and stressed out, I go and talk to somebody. Um, so I, I schedule about three hours a week to networking groups and mm -hmm. I go and I talk to other people. Yeah, it's funny because a lot of extroverted people do get that energy, don't they? Mm -hmm. They need that interaction. Now, tell me, do you, are you a, 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 like a pet lover? Do you have pets in your family? Uh, well, we, we like to have lots of people and mouths to feed. So we have two daughters, two bunnies, two cats, and a son. Oh, there you go. So we're joking that we need, <laughs> we need a second son to even everything out. So uh, did you, did you uh, grow up in the location that you're living in now? Tell us a little bit about your childhood. Uh, well, my childhood was a mess and we lived everywhere, but mm -hmm. I spent most of my childhood in Kansas and three years in Germany. Three years in Germany. What was that like? Cold. Cold. Yeah. <laughs> and I was a teenager, so I used it to get in lots of trouble. <laughs> now, do you have one thing about your, your childhood that is fondly, uh, something that you fondly remember? Um, my great grandma was the most honorary woman on the planet, but she was also hilarious and loving and any moment we spent with her was an amazing moment. So we have a lot of um, discussion on the show about formative stages throughout our life and we talk about the people that have impacted our life's journey when we're younger. Uh, you've just talked about a grandparent. Has there been anybody else that you've looked up to and helped you become the, the person you are today? I went the opposite route and I looked at the situations I didn't want to be in mm -hmm. when I became an adult. And so I tried to do whatever those people weren't doing. Oh, okay. Was that a long list? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, longer than I would prefer it to be. But my mom was in a not very healthy marriage and mm -hmm. they did not make good money choices. And he used money in a lot of ways to control our family. And so when I got older, I was like, money isn't going to be a weapon used against me. That's beautiful. I'd love to hear that because you do often hear about that, don't you? Um, I'd love to um, talk to you about uh, your daily routine. Are you an early riser and what's the day look like for you? I, uh, six months ago, I would have told you I don't wake up until nine o'clock in the morning. But in the meantime, I found, um, I, I don't know, everybody's read the book Profit First and mm. I really wanted to be involved in Profit First a lot. So I went and got a job with them. Right. So now I work as a Profit First guide and our morning huddle is at 6 a.m. my time because most of them are on the East Coast. All right. So now I wake up very early so that I can drink coffee and spend some time decompressing before I hop into start work at 6 a.m. Yeah, fantastic. Do you, um, you seem to be somebody who enjoys a good book um do you do you like books do you read anything other than business books i like young adult thrillers and fiction mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. the stuff that they end up making into movies anyway yeah I, fantastic i i like all of those action-packed movies mm -hmm. but i like them better when they're books and you can you can imagine it better yourself so can are you uh like not interested in movies you won't go and see a movie Oh, I do. I go see an, I go see all the movies, mm -hmm. but I I still prefer sitting in a quiet room and reading a book cover to cover by myself. Yep. Where the image takes place behind my own eyes. Yes. Um, because cinematology is beautiful, but I feel like it's never quite what I pictured. Yep. Because there's so many other creative minds that go into it. The, the narrative's always a set path, isn't it, now? Um, yeah. I love audiobooks. What do you think of audiobooks? Are they of interest? Uh, 
audiobooks and podcasts are pretty much the only way you get anything done as an adult mm -hmm. trying to run a business and raise children. <laughs> oh, so yeah. You can listen to an audiobook while you wash dishes. Now, there's a lot of uh, questions, you know, they're precursory questions because I really love to get a, a build a picture about you now, um, so our audience gets a good feel for who we're talking with. Do you like music? And if you do, what type of music? All of it. All of it? Um, I there's not very many stations that i'll turn off um my daughter my oldest daughter is melody that tells you if we like music oh there you go lovely lovely <laughs> now you would have had to have um taken some chances um to get to where you are with endeavor financial coaching today what what yep. do you think about risk is it something that we should embrace and how did you manage it um I think that risk is a part of life and mm. that if you're not doing anything with risk, then you're not doing anything with fun mm. um, because it's thrilling to get a little risky. Um, I will say that when you're making business risks, it makes sense to double check your expectations mm. um, because you're not ever going to jump into a risky investment or opportunity without an idea of mm. where it's going, where you want it to go. So double checking how realistic those are before you jump in. But otherwise, I'm going to jump in with two feet and see what happens to a person. And that's what we're going to expand on, that, that notion of financial risk and how to mitigate those risks uh, in a sensible way, which you have a lot to share with the audience. Now, um, I'd love to talk about um, mindset. Do you ever find working with clients that, you know, they're suffering in their mindset? And what do you tell them? Um, well, we talked a little, you already mentioned a little bit about how you form a lot of things in your formative years as a child that affect how you behave as an adult. Mm -hmm. Um, and one of my dear friends, Judy Kane wrote a book, um, based on her experiences about how, uh, her book is your four truths. And one of the things is that most of your subconscious beliefs are ingrained by the time you're seven. Wow. And I have lots and lots of clients whose mindset around money is that it made their mom and dad fight a lot when they were a kid. Mm. It's overwhelming and it's stressful because when their parents talked about money, it increased the stress in their home. Mm -hmm. And having to go back and tell them money isn't actually scary, the lack of education and stress are scary. And so we can take away that fear by creating education and lowering our stress. Yeah, that's wonderful feedback, sage advice. Now, you seem to be packed of knowledge and wisdom uh, now I wonder are you ever going to package that up in a book of your own do you think I don't know I wrote so I joke one of my networking groups there's eight women and I think six of them have written a book and so I joke regularly they're gonna kick me out if I don't write a book so in order to <laughs> save my seat I wrote a workbook yep I decided it was more practical and a little bit quicker about how to actually sit down and create a budget for the very first time when you've never done it before. Mm -hmm. So I have my workbook and I don't know if maybe someday um, something will happen um, where I have a course and a book. I, re I really that hope it does. I, I think you definitely have a lot to offer and I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to hold you accountable to that one. <laughs> I see on, and we're going to talk about your freebies later on. So maybe that's where that uh, will pop its head up later on in the, in the call. Now, I know that we sometimes look around for inspiration for good ideas. Where do you look? Um, the books that I read. Mm -hmm. um, I look at the people who are in the industries that I love and are being successful. And I look at what I can do to mm -hmm. emulate them and what they're doing that doesn't feel authentic for me mm -hmm. that I don't think I want to do. Um, and then I kind of build off of that. Fantastic. Now, I'd love to, if you don't mind, if you could share your professional background that led you to be where you are today. 
Um, I've done it all. Mm -hmm. I worked fast food. I've worked retail. I worked as a manager at a pharmacy. I was a pharmacy technician. So my job was literally counting the little pills and making sure the bottle got the right number (laughs) of pills. I sold insurance. I've done business to business sales. I owned a daycare. Um, I was a teacher's assistant. And then um, my husband and I went from a really terrible financial situation of our own Mm -hmm. into getting on stable footing and it felt so amazing and I was already a teacher by by personality there are some things it's not by trade it's just part of who you are yeah um and so I was already a teacher and so taking finding the opportunity to be a financial coach and teaching other people how to find that piece that we had found would just made sense it just clicked so perfectly yeah so we did financial coach master trading and we did financial coaches Mm -hmm. and then in all of these small business mom groups that I was in I noticed that all of these women really really wanted to own businesses but the money scared them yeah so I went and got certified to be a bookkeeper so that I can help these moms who are scared of the money make sense of it all and then I went and got a job at profit first so I can teach them not only how to make sense of it but how to leverage it to make their companies more financially healthy and their personal lives too I want to double back a moment and talk a little bit about the importance of a strong relationship with your partner, in your case, Nathan. Um, you went through some tough times you've just shared with us, so thank you for that. I know it's sometimes difficult to you know, share the, the raw side of ourselves, but how important was that relationship and, and maintaining it through those harder times? And what could, it, what could other people benefit from knowing that? Um, we, we set goals together when we decided that we were going to pay off all of our debt and we're going to get on a budget and we're mm. going to be grown up with our money and stop being overwhelmed and scared by it. Yeah. We sat down and we made goals together and then I printed those goals and taped them to the back of our bedroom door. So every morning when we wake up, we have to look at them. We paid off our debt a year and a half ago. We paid off our last debt. Um, we don't have student loans or credit cards or anything anymore. And those signs still hang on the back of our door because they're a reminder of what our goals are and why we're doing them together. Do you think it's important to celebrate these wins? Yeah, we celebrated every 25% of our payoffs. So when we hit 25%, 50%, 75%, and then 100%, Mm -hmm. we had celebrations as a family because it kept our kids excited about it and it kept us excited about it. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is we had a coloring chart where we colored in the debts as we paid them off. And at the time, our four-year-old would get onto us if she didn't get to color enough pieces because oh. we hadn't paid off enough debt. <laughs> so there's some accountability in a kid who will say, wait a second, last month I got to color three, why do I only get to color one this month? Yeah, we're going to take a, a very close look at uh, the importance of um, you know, financial literacy for, for kids nowadays because I think that's uh, something that absolutely mm-hmm. needs to happen. Now, um, tell us about your experience um, building your business. Was there some challenges along the way? Because I know that um, entrepreneurs that you help will suffer these challenges just like I did, just like others have. Well, I think we all want the magic pill that's going to create business for us right away. And we're all looking for what's the fastest way to build revenue. And I think it's really important to acknowledge that, yes, we want to build revenue and yes, we want a huge client base, but we're really after spreading our mission Hmm. and we're really about helping people. And so taking a step back and thinking about what your real goal is other than just churning money through a company Um, and focusing on that and focusing on the right places to spend your marketing dollars, the right places to go 
to be present where you're needed. Yeah. And remembering that not every client is the ideal client. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to tell people, no, you're not a good fit. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Absolutely. Now, I want to uh, share with the audience on a bit of a deeper level here. You have recently been awarded Palmdale's Local Business Person of the Year. First of all, congratulations on that. Wonderful. How did this come about? Um, so the online service they use, Alignable, oh, pardon me, um, they did a vote, and it's actually business owners vote for other business owners that they think are the best asset for their community. And so not only did I win Local Business Person of the Year, but mm -hmm. by other business owners, which means I'm making an impact for them and that they see value in what I'm offering. Yeah, that's fantastic. That was really exciting. It's a real credit to you. I, I wonder, what you, you talked about business owners. What, what are some of the, I guess, the types of businesses and individuals that you prefer to work with, Leah? I really like working with people who know that there's something better and they are just not sure how to get it. Mm -hmm. because once I give them the key that they're missing, watching them succeed and surpass their goals is magnificent. Mm. I had some clients who told me they would probably never own a home because it was just impossible. And within a year, they had $12,000 saved for the down payment on their first house. That's incredible. That's amazing. Now, I, I know that... Um, you work with entrepreneurs and you help them start and you know launch their businesses. What are some of the practical um, insights that you can share on the call today? Understand your taxes and separate your business money from your personal money. Mm -hmm. Yep, seems like an those obvious two, one. <laughs> those two are really big, but so many people think that like my business isn't big enough to need that yet. Do it anyway. Do, do it, it anyway. from the get-go. Don't wait until you hit some magic number that you made up because I promise your number is a lot bigger than the IRS's number or the Australian Tax Authority's number and you're going to wish you had done what they said instead oh, of what you wanted to do. <laughs> absolutely. So this is really about um, knowing the laws and uh, you know the constraints that um, I guess dominate how we um, legislate how we run our businesses, isn't it? Yeah, and understanding that it's okay not to have all the answers. Mm -hmm. That's why we that's why we find business coaches. That's why we go to things like the Small Business Administration, and we look for the answers. Yeah, um, nobody has all the answers, but we find resources to help us get there and to be what we want to be. And Leah, you would uh, you know it seems to me that having the the human resources, for lack of better ways to put it, such as yourself available. Um, would really fast track people's knowledge and education on this. Would you agree with that? It definitely gives them a jump start because I can tell them exactly what I needed to do. And um, once again, going back to one of my networking groups, there's an Esquire in one of my groups who wrote a book on how to launch your first business legally. Um, with uh, The last page of her book is literally a checklist of the legal things you have to do to launch a business in the United States. Yeah, fantastic. Now, I love uh, on your uh, homepage that you talk about dispel money myths and slay money dragons. Where did this come up from? Where did you come up with that? <laughs> I, I really wish I could remember. <laughs> That's great. I, just, I, I said it one day and then I was like, wait a second. That's what I want to do. Money is not a dragon. Yeah. Like yep. People get so overwhelmed by money and the, the little word becomes this big, scary monster. Um, and it doesn't have to be. It's a, at the end of the day, it's a six inch piece of paper. Yep. It's not going to bite you. 
Um, but we get so overwhelmed by the meaning behind it. Mm -hmm. And so I want to slay the money dragon and I want to remind you that it's, it's just paper. Let's talk about myths in a moment, but I just had a question pop up in my mind about the impacts of, I guess, social media and marketing and this whole perception around, I need to make a million and all these big numbers that you see thrown around. What do you think of that? I think that people get overwhelmed by numbers instead of what the numbers mean. Because mm. um, saying a million dollars sounds really scary and overwhelming. Mm. But here in the U.S., at least, reaching a million-dollar net worth by the time you're in your 60s because you've paid off your house and you have a sound retirement fund is actually pretty easy if you start when you're young. Mm -hmm. But we get overwhelmed by the large numbers and the timelines that we impose on ourselves. We say, oh, I need to have a million dollars by my 40th birthday. Okay, well, do you need a million-dollar house? Do you need a million-dollar retirement fund? Mm -hmm. Are you looking for a million-dollar annual income a million dollars can mean a lot of different things but when we're just talking net worth it's actually the number one most likely to be a millionaire maybe it's it's in the top three mm. is a teacher because they have forced state retirement oh i see now yeah. in, t in terms of a dollar figure should it is it better for people to be perceiving money as a means to an end rather than the end itself in terms of saying I don't want the money. I actually want the lifestyle that the money brings me. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Money is a tool. Mm. It's, a, it's a tool. Yeah. You can use it to do whatever you want to do. And there's only three uses for it. You can spend it, you can save it, and you can give it away. Mm. So unless you're using it for one of those three things, it has no purpose anyway. So tell us about compound. What's the value of compounding in your world? Well, just compounding interest gives you the opportunity for that money to grow a lot faster because you earn interest on the interest that you have previously earned, mm -hmm. which is why we tell them start young yep. because then you have more time to earn interest on more money. So in terms of some of the, uh, the main myths that you hear people talking about, what are the top three that you could share with us? Um, that you have to have good credit to buy a house. You don't have to have good credit. You just can't have bad credit, mm -hmm. um, which means you can buy a house with no credit, which people don't don't think is possible, but it is. Um, that everybody has a car payment, so it's fine if you do too. Not everybody has a car payment. I have, I own two very nice cars. I don't have a car payment. Mm -hmm. Or three, that there's some debt is good debt because of the way they're leveraging. At the end of the day, debt is risk, and I, for one, like to limit my risk as much as possible. Yep. And that means not having debt. At all. <laughs> hmm? I don't, I have my mortgage and as soon as this house is paid off, I won't have that. Yeah, fantastic. And, and that's what we should all be aspiring to. Now, um, I know that we live in a society globally, I'd suggest that, you know, we, we're instant gratification, we want it now. So when people talk to you about long-term financial plans, what would that include for them? And how do you, uh, how do you inspire patience? I teach opportunity cost. Mm -hmm. I break it down for them really simply as if you want that now, what are you giving up in the future to have it? Yeah, fantastic. Um, and a lot of people don't put two and two together until it's laid out in front of them. And then they see, wait a minute, you're right. That's common sense. I knew that. I just, there's a difference between knowing something and being conscious of it because we kind of just push it back and don't think about it. And so when I tell them, go get a car payment, but now you're not contributing to your retirement and you're going to have to retire at 75 instead of 65 mm -hmm. because you don't have enough money saved. 
Yeah. Was that car worth an extra 10 years of your life working? Yeah, and it's the thing about the, 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 the word asset versus liability comes up a lot, doesn't it? What, do you, what yeah. can you tell us about assets versus liability? You've just touched on one, but for those who don't really understand that, what's that mean? Um, it's a really easy way. Um, assets are the things you own. Liabilities are the things you owe. Mm -hmm. um, we want to own lots of things and own very little. Or oh, very little. Oh, very little. Yeah, absolutely. And we live in a plastic society, don't we? I don't know the last time that I had um, physical cash in my hand. Um, what do you think about credit cards? And do you think there's a place for physical cash still? I don't use credit cards because I know my own mindset. I am very liable to see a cute top and know that the credit <laughs> card has the available credit and it'll pay it off next time mm. and want to just get it now. Yeah. Where it works better for me to have a budget and a debit card and pay for it when the money is in my bank account. My husband, however, is more willing to leverage cash back rewards and credit card programs to get the best bang for his buck. But he still makes sure that the cash is set aside so the instant he gets his credit card statement, he can pay it in full. Um, Leah, we have some interesting things happening globally at the moment, which is going to impact all of us, unfortunately, and fortunately in some instances. Um, I, I'd love to talk about diversifying, um, you know, our asset base, um, not only financially, but through gold and things like that. What do you think about that at the moment? Um, I think good, good quality mutual funds generally are what we recommend. And I'm not a financial advisor. Mm -hmm. um, since I'm a financial coach, I'm not SEC licensed. I don't sell investments. I don't follow the stock market mm -hmm. any more than like Yahoo News articles. Yep. Um, because it's just not where my passion is. My passion is more about teaching it how to be attainable to other people. Yep. Um, so for our general clients, we tell them go get a mutual fund um, and talk to the financial advisor about which mutual funds and what risk layouts fit your lifestyle and your age and expectations best. That's sage advice. Again, this is about, you know, funneling through the right people. You seem to be that person right in the middle that joins people together and it's a credit to you. Now, let's talk about kids. Let's talk about how you help educate kids. We've all got them. And, uh, you know, sometimes they think money grows on trees. What do you tell them? Um, I actually wrote a curriculum for this. So I have a curriculum for five to 10 year olds. Mm -hmm. And my curriculum for five to 10 year olds is just called budget basics. And I print out it's a single page worksheet that teaches them how to do their own budget based on their allowance. So that they understand the same thing I mentioned earlier, there's only three things to do with their money, they can spend it, they can save it or give it away. But it doesn't magically multiply when they write it down. So they have to stay within their confines of their budget. Um, and then for older kids who are ready to learn a little bit more about money for 13 to 16 year olds, I have an eight week program that even includes teaching them how to buy a car, how to buy a house and how to save for retirement. Yep. So that once they get their first post college job, they understand why it's important to start saving for retirement at 22 instead of waiting until they're 30 or 40 to start that savings. Can make a great deal of difference in terms of what we talked about earlier with compounding, can't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, I've looked at charts where it can go from $5 million to $12 million, depending on how young you are when you start. I remember talking with somebody about this and they showed me a graph with the crossover, the X crossover point, the point at which yeah. it almost goes vertical and you pay it off very, very quickly. Is that something that you share with people? I'm not a chart like that. I like to use um, here, we have a website called investor.gov mm -hmm. and I like to show them just their growth. 
and tell them like if you put this much money in for this amount of time this is what it could be this is what it could um, be because it's very motivational now i'd love to talk a little bit in depth about your bookkeeping services there'd be a lot of people that you know that are entrepreneurs and have no idea and they just go barreling on they've got a great idea they can sell a few things here and there but last thing they want to talk about with you is tax and bookkeeping tell us what tell tell us what bookkeeping actually is so bookkeeping is just having somebody who goes through and every time you swipe your debit card, they tell, I, I use QuickBooks, they tell QuickBooks what that transaction was and what category it needs to come out of. Mm -hmm. um, and they put it into your software. And then at the end of the year or the end of the month, when you run your financial statements, you can give those to your tax preparer to understand what money was used and what purpose for your business. Mm -hmm. As I'm a profit first guide now, profit First, bookkeepers are going to go a step further and they're going to teach you how to create profit in your company instead of just a lot, a number at the end of the profit and loss statement. You'll actually have money you can touch and spend on vacation. Yeah, because a lot of times uh, people uh, race to the bottom in terms of their pricing. This would, by reversal, I'd suggest, um, put the seed of an idea into a business owner's mind that maybe um, it could impact our pricing structure if you're putting profit first. What I really love about Profit First is the standard accounting formula is sales minus expenses equals profit. Um, and that pretty much means whatever you sell minus all the money you spent is what you get left over on profit. Well, with Profit First, we go the other way and we say sales minus profit equals expenses. Whatever you sell minus the profit you want to make, what's left is what you have for expenses. And it forces them to get more creative with what money they're using and how. So that they are more they're more careful with where their operating expenses go and then they have money in their profit accounts and when they realize they can't reach all of their goals then they can look at lowering operational costs or increasing sales but it doesn't become this seller die mentality of we have to sell or we're not going to make payroll yeah it becomes payroll is covered and we have profit now we're going to sell more so that our profit can get bigger not so that we can get a new piece of software you know, a problem shared is a problem halved. And when business owners work with you, it seems to me that you take on almost a role of accountability partner and support partner. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about the actual um, process of um, finding you for one and working with you. I'm really easy to find because I'm all over the internet. You can find me on Alignable, you can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. I think we have a Twitter. I don't use it, but I get notifications <laughs> from them every so often. Yep. Um, and then, of course, you can find me um, through podcasts. Um, I, I like to do a lot of them. So I have an account on both Podmatch and Match FM mm -hmm. or Matchmaker FM that you can find me on. And all of them are under Leah Ellis or Endeavor Financial Coaching. Well, there you go. Everybody was on the call today. If you want to learn more, there's certainly a lot more to learn. And uh, when you're sharing um, the problems and opportunities that you're having inside your business, maybe you're a startup and you want some help, definitely uh, reach out to Leah um, at EndeavorFinancialCoaching.com. I'll be making sure that the links back to Leah uh, is available under this post. No matter where you see it, you're going to be able to get back to Leah. And Leah, what a wonderful call. Thank you so very much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me and definitely um, check out that website, get the free stuff. I have a budgeting checklist, it's just one, two, three, four. Did you do your budget the right way? So it's a lot easier than feeling overwhelmed by the money when it's just right there on, on paper. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, 
then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.